Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And uh, you've been enjoying the World Cup here? I have been. I have yeah. been. Big tie yesterday for the U.S. Would have liked to win, but here we are. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were messaging during that game. Mm-hmm. Uh we, uh, you know what I thought of our the coaching performance in that one, but uh, you know, yeah, opened well, that. opened well, nailed the opener. Yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, every decision after that was <laughs> probably the opposite of what should have been done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I will say though, Tyler Adams, Tyler Adams looked really good all game. He's looked good all year. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. a surprise. No, yeah. no, but I just him getting the armband and you know he's what twenty four. I don't you even know, think he's that old. 23, 24-ish. Yeah, young guy. So it was good to see him, you know, out there. First World Cup, open up, looking good. Some other guys in the squad looked okay, too. Um, what uh, You got any thoughts here on the England game here? Uh, No, I haven't really looked that far ahead to it yet. And I didn't get to watch their game the other day either. So, I mean, uh, they beat Iran. Iran sucks. Like... I don't know. I'll show me. I got, I don't know. There's any conclusion to be drawn from that, really. So yeah. I mean, you know, we put those bets on that game, and you guys were like messaging in the chat if they were hitting or not because I was at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, I just kind of hope that we lose by like one goal to England. Wow, that's such a defeatist quitter attitude, Colin. I mean, I obviously, expect I hope anything we else win. from you, but I'm just saying. Obviously, I hope we win, but I think if we only lose by like one, I think that's going to put us in a good situation for goal differential. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's going to come down. I like that we play Iran last because we'll know how much we need to whoop them by. Yeah. Which is good. And they'll have probably sort of given up. So, you know, good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then Argentina going down too. That was my pick to win the whole thing. So That was a a terrible pick. I told you that before. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I mean, I, Spain lost their first game when they won it a couple years ago. So not that ridiculous, but, um, they're a very flawed, they're they're a very flawed team. I I don't know that, that I would have picked them to win anything. They, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge and I'm going to put on Brazil now at this point after that performance, but Hey, Hey, maybe that was the wake up that they needed. (laughs) Cause there, cause there were a couple of teams today that, you know, didn't look great. I mean, France op- or France opened slow and then just absolutely demolished Australia. But a couple of the other teams. I, I mean, who great. else played today, though, that you expect to be good in this tournament? I thought Denmark was going to be pretty solid. That surprised. That tie surprised me. They just don't have, like, real strikers at all. Mm. Like, there's just no one to score on that team. That's fair. I picked them to get out of that group. But I, I think this is Brazil's tournament to lose. We'll see what happens. But okay. I really, really think. Okay. That it's theirs to lose. They they play tomorrow. Mm, do they play tomorrow? Might be the day after. I don't. Know. I don't, I only looked at the early games. Like I got I got a couple bets set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Morocco and uh, Croatia play at five. One. Man, I hate that five o'clock start. They have so I didn't realize that they were doing this, and now it makes sense. Now that I've seen it, they're doing that early game because they have to get four games in because it's a condensed schedule because they're playing it's in the middle of the fucking winter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I just hate it. Because yeah. like reason, I'm not a reason for... number 
5,124. Why this World <laughs> Cup is a sham, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, hey. Brazil does not play tomorrow, by the way. Okay. So they play Friday. Yeah. Uh, no, they don't play Friday. They play Thursday, right? U.S. plays Friday. Ah, shoot. I keep thinking tomorrow is Thursday. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all sorts of thrown off on the days this week. It's because your work trip. Yeah, kind of. And also because, um, we, our boss told us we can knock off like two hours early tomorrow, two, three hours early. So I plan on doing that. And then I have, uh, off on Friday as well. So super short week. So I keep getting all thrown off on the days. Wow. Look at but, you. Yeah. But all right, that, that'll do it for world cup talk here. We'll, we'll be back with that throughout the, throughout the, uh, the season here and throughout the, throughout the tournament. But, uh, before we get into the show here, Black Friday to Cyber Monday, C2C is going to be offering a deal that anybody can get in on. All non-members can sign up for a yearly walk-on or a yearly scholarship membership here at C2C for 25% off. 25% off. That's $29.99, $49.99 values. You're getting a steal for a full year. Uh, and as a thank you to any current members, we can't forget you guys, uh, anybody who is a current member here with us at C2C will receive an email with a buy one, get one 50% off pre-order offer for your choice of two guides for the upcoming season. So that can be any combination of our CFF, our Devi, and our freshman and supplemental guides. Uh, the only way to get that promo code is via email. So check your email. That should be hitting your inbox bright and early Friday morning. Uh, so that way you can take advantage of this deal. And into the news here, uh, just a couple quick hitters. Um, no decision yet if Kyler is going to be playing in week 12. Um, we've had Colt McCoy out there the past two weeks, and uh, that was uh, it was a rough showing here on uh, on Monday. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more card Cardinals later, but Melvin Gordon also cut from the Broncos. Chase Edmonds going to IR. Latavius Murray, really the last man standing here at this point. So if for whatever reason he's still out there on the waiver wire, I mean, I'm definitely picking him up in a redraft league where I saw him available. Um, maybe he's out there in yours too. And then Daniel Bellinger, tight end for the Giants, ruled out for this week, but he may be nearing a return. He had a nice little uh, run there right before he got injured. So if you're in need of tight end help, that's another guy I'm keeping an eye on here. But into a couple bigger uh, discussion topics here. The Rams cut Darrell Henderson. That was a surprise to me. Uh, I know Akers kind of operated as the lead back this past week, but I did not expect them to cut Henderson, especially given Akers' status earlier in the year. He was away from the team for a little bit. There were trade rumors. Um, is this Cam Akers' season again? No. <laughs> but good try, everybody. <laughs> Um, no, you're selling, you're selling, you're getting rid of them. If someone's buying them. I mean, I just think this Rams offense is dead. Yeah. Like no Cooper cup. I wouldn't shock me if they, sh they, they shut him down for the year. There's no reason to rush him back. Stafford's banged up. I mean, really the only healthy person here is Allen Robinson. They're on like their fourth left tackle. It's just a nightmare. If you're a Rams fan or relying on them for fantasy for any reason. So I just, it's not an offense I want to buy at all any pieces up at the moment. Maybe I'm buying Allen Robinson. I don't know. He's performed okay the past couple weeks, but I mean, it's just, it's a crap show. So no, 
Uh, and I'm shocked that they cut him. Like they just yeah. the quality of their their running backs is so freaking bad. Maybe they'll get somebody in this year's draft. Who knows? I don't know exactly what their pick situation is. I know they don't have everybody, but who knows? Yeah, I know they traded a lot of picks over the past couple of years here. I mean, that's kind of like their running theme. They just keep punting on the draft class and getting, you know, some veterans to come in and, and help them out. And I mean, it worked for a little bit. And I think maybe it's catching up with them a little bit here. That's an older team. They're uh they're you know getting injured here off off and on. So, you know, it's a it's a nice experiment, but we'll see. Um, so if you're not buying Cam Akers, though, is it Kyron Williams time? Kyron Williams, the uh, running back in this year, uh, rookie class, he came from Notre Dame. Uh, no. Not an NFL level athlete. Not really an NFL level running back. I mean, I don't know what else you want. I, I, I just don't know that there's any real talking points here. I know we, we have to cover this and people are going to ask some of these questions. And I guess you just work your way down the list. But like, there's just, there's no move to be made here. Like sometimes there's just, at the end of the day, it is what it is. We're not buying this Rams offense. We're not buying these Rams running backs. We're not buying whoever's filling in for Matt Stafford. We're not buying Ben Skoranek. We're not, you know, we're not buying any, we're not buying Higby or, you know, whoever that else they're throwing out there. Just the, this whole offense is done. I don't want any of them. You hope that they draft somebody. If they don't, then uh, maybe we see the beginning of the end for this Rams team. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is the beginning of the end or if they can maybe bounce back next year there. But I do agree with you. I think this is a backfield to avoid for sure. And I think overall team to avoid. And I know you said about maybe buying Robinson. I honestly, I might use this as a sell window because I think he'll put up a couple decent games here. It, and now you're making me get out from underneath him. Yeah, it really depends on format. I, I actually, I mean, like <laughs> redraft, go buy him. Um, <laughs> we talk a lot about redraft on this show. We do. Right? We do. Um, yeah. I, I even like, I could be tempted to buy him if I just like desperately need a wide receiver. Like it's a deep league. Some of my options are dried up and someone's selling him for like super cheap. I could see myself doing it to round out the year. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't like advocate for it heavily, mm -hmm. but right. If you're in a pinch, maybe. Exactly. Um, so with Henderson getting cut here, obviously, he, you know, I, I, we'll see if he gets picked up on waivers. Um, but if he gets picked up, if he goes to a decent spot, is there anywhere that you might be interested in him? Or is this is this the end for him, too? Uh, I think it's the end for him, too. I don't know. I mean, it's. It's tough to say. I uh, I don't I I just don't want to overreact to some of this stuff, but um, it, it, it's I think it's more likely that he goes somewhere and he's really annoying, yeah, to somebody else than like he's usable again. That's at least my read on it right now. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Ravens pick him up, and then they just have a super frustrating <laughs> backfield there. God, they need more <laughs> running backs. Jesus, they keep losing all of them. They keep getting hurt. Um, all right, but in other news here, Sam Darnold announced as the starting quarterback for Carolina this week. Uh, do you have any idea what kind of toll three QB changes has on a team? Sniff, snap, <laughs> sniff, snap, sniff, snap. <laughs> um, um, do we care about any, this at all? Like, no, I just, this is, I don't, I just like. I, there's like no discussion to be had here. Like no one's <laughs> gonna buy him if you're trying to sell him. Like everyone knows he's a bum. 
Well, who was he throwing to? A bunch of bums. DJ like, Moore. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just no. I, I don't really care. I mean, I feel bad that like this is the news we have this week. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but nothing that's happening here is this like really discussion worthy. It's right. like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they're like. Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah. I didn't, didn't expect that to happen. Is there anything worth talking about here? Anybody worth picking up? Does this change anything? No. So I, it's not really. I would have gone with a different offers reference here, Colin. Instead of snip, oh. snap, snip, snap. There's a there's a scene that Kelsey and I actually quote all the time, where um, Oscar is staring out the window at the uh, the guy that he has a crush on that works in the warehouse, mm-hmm. and Pam's talking to him, and she says something about like how she made her secret brownie recipe. And everyone thinks it's her grandma's, but it's really just the one off the back of the box. And Oscar goes, that's funny. She goes, is it funny? I thought it was more interesting. That's <laughs> that's the reference I'm going to go for okay. for this particular story, Colin. And if you okay. need me to for the rest of the show, I can come up with the perfect office, ref- office reference for it. I've bought the, sh- the whole show probably memorized or close to it. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check back in there if we need another office reference. I was thinking... You know, they went Sam Darnold, then they went Baker, then they went PJ Walker, then they went back to Baker. Now they're back to Darnold. So I was thinking the snip, snap, snip, snap. But but fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Last discussion topic here. The Cardinals got blown out on Monday night. Uh, It was a bad, bad loss to uh, the 49ers here. They now fall to four and seven. Is it time for Cliff Kingsbury to go? Yeah, I think he's going to be fired. I really do. I don't know if he'll make it till like I. I think he'll make it to the end of the season, but I don't think it's a guarantee by any stretch. I mean, they they showed a graphic last night. I, I watched almost the entire game. Uh, that like he starts out hot and then he's got like a three twenty winning percentage to the final like you know eight or nine games of the season or whatever. Like they just, I don't know if it's lack of adjustments. I don't I, I, teams figure him out. I I really don't know what it is, but. Uh, He's been terrible there. I think they're going to regret that Kyler contract. I, I mean, I just, I, I like their wide receiver group. I, I don't know what other parts of that of that roster I really love though. Like, I think you fire your GM, you fire the coach, you kind of restart the whole thing. And I don't think they're like that far off, really. So you I, would fire Steve Kime? You'd fire the GM there? Oh yeah. What has he done? I mean, he moved off of Rosen really quickly. He moved into. Um, why, why, Murray, are we which, give, why are we giving him credit because he did, made a really shitty draft pick and then realized it within the year? I mean, I know that like we can commend him for like not falling into the, the NFL group think where you're going to give this guy three or four years. But like it's not like he came in. The predecessor took this guy and he's like, nah, this isn't it. He, he did that to himself and then was like, oh, actually, like this was really dumb. Like, well, he I, was Rosen was what the fourth quarterback off the board that year, right? Uh, Baker, yeah, Baker, J- Josh Allen, then him. Yeah, it was yeah. like what, 11, pick 11, pick 13. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. I don't necessarily fault him for that. I mean, it was, I, I, but I liked Rosen coming out, you know. So I know you were a big Rosen guy. I mean, I didn't hate him either. Yeah. Um, I thought he could be a good NFL quarterback. So yeah. I thought so um, too. But I don't know. I, I think I'm indifferent on Steve Kime. I think he could stay. I think he's made some decent moves. Um, traded away David Johnson and got DeAndre Hopkins. Dude, 
<laughs> I, any GM could have made that trade. Though. Like that's, that's the thing. Like the stuff that we're giving him, like it's it's like it's like telling a five year old that like they pooped on the potty and like congrats. Like it's like that's great for a five year old. Like it's a little different notice when you're like 15 and you're like hey, you poop on the potty this is kind of what we're doing here with steve keen like hey congrats somebody offered you a, a deal that literally you can't reject for a washed up has been running back on your roster like good job buddy and then like hey you really messed up that draft last year but you have a chance to fix it this year good job buddy like He's drafted a bunch of these hybrid defensive guys that haven't necessarily worked out. They've not nailed the coaching stuff. They probably they messed up the whole Kyler thing because they put that thing in his contract and then they decided yeah. to take it out. Like they probably paid him too much anyway. I I I think really the only sharp move that I would say that the, they've made there in his time beyond the the David Johnson, which again like an idiot could have done, is the Hollywood trade. I thought it was a pretty smooth move overall. Like other than that, I can't point to a single thing that they've done there during his time that I would be like, this guy gets it. Like great GM. I I think he just said you just clean house. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with that necessarily. I'm just I just also wasn't ready to just can him. I th- I think it could be okay either way. But if, if you're gonna so here's, reset here's, button here's, of sorts, then here's the problem why I think you have to do it. Because if you just hire a new coach this year. And then say like they, you know, they don't draft particularly well or whatever this year. The team doesn't get any better for next year, and then they want to fire the GM. Now you're bringing, like, I think you bring in the GM and the coach at the same time. That's true. That's a good. You're trying to kind of construct some of these rosters. So I, I I think if you just bring in the coach and then things don't necessarily get better, and then you you fire the GM and you bring in new GM that doesn't necessarily align, I think that can cause issues down the road. So I, I just do them both at once. I don't know what the contract situations are like, but I mean it's the NFL. They can all afford it. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't Texas A&M and Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So are there any interesting candidates, you know, names floated out there that you think would have? Because obviously you have Murray. You just signed your franchise quarterback. You probably want to go with a more offensive mind. Any interesting offensive minds that you think could be available here in this cycle that might pair well with Murray and the other pieces they have? So here's going to be the thing about this search i think i Joe think Brady. there's going to be a mandate that the offensive college coach didn't work out last time so they're going to do as all incompetent organizations whether that be sports or business or otherwise are going to completely flip the opposite direction 180 degrees and hire the exact opposite of what they just had even if that's also a terrible decision so if i had to guess Here's my prediction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure if I can timestamp this and come back to it when they finally make this move. It's going to be a retread NFL head coach with a 500-ish record in the NFL. I don't know who the GM is going to be because some of those GM candidates come out of nowhere. I'm not that well versed on who the the top young GM guys, you know, potential GMs are across the league. But uh, that is what I'm thinking is going to happen. Like not necessarily like a Kubiak, but like mm-hmm. kind of somebody like that. That's going to be my my prediction here. I could definitely see that. I thought when you brought up, I don't remember if it was last episode, two episodes ago, um, Bill O'Brien for that one. Um, that is the type of hire that I could see. Again, I don't think that happens because of DeAndre Hopkins on the roster. But um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the type of hire there. Um, I don't really have any other great names on that list either, but I think that'll be one to watch here is, 
this this position will be one to watch moving forward because I think it is a it's definitely an intriguing uh, opening. You know, it is. Have some, I mean, they have some, some pieces. pieces. Yeah. And if you bring in the right defensive coordinator, I know you said about the hybrid guys, they haven't necessarily worked out, but like mm-hmm. Buda Baker looks pretty good. Buda uh, does. Isaiah Simmons, I still think has some potential there as well. Um, so they have a couple pieces on the defensive side of the ball. It'd be interesting. Uh, but we'll get into the meat of the show here. The main segment will be reevaluating, revisiting the class of 2020, the vaunted class of 2020 when they came out. But before we get to that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content beyond the great site here at Campus to Canton, Fantasy Points is a great resource. Use promo code CAMPUS22 when you sign up over there to get 10% off a membership. All right, moving into the class of 2020 here. This class was very highly regarded coming out. A lot of top prospects. This was a class that everybody was saying you wanted to get picks in this class. We'll start with the QBs here. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, all taken in the first round. Davis Mills, uh, who is my QB5 in that class, um, also a starter currently as well, and at least worth tossing his name in this discussion here. Given those names and given what we've seen so far, who is the QB1 in this 2020 class? Is it wrong if I still say Trevor Lawrence? No. I like what Fields has done over the past few weeks. I'll see what's up with his shoulder injury here. It sounds like he's going to try to play. It is his non-throwing shoulder, but we don't know for sure yet. Right. Um, Trey Lance, we don't know. Incomplete grade. I'm worried about him over the next year because obviously he's a runner and that horrible injury that he had. Like I think even if he's physically okay, I think mentally it might take him a year or so to get back into things. Zach Wilson, I think by now we know that he is not it. Especially, you know, it sounds like maybe he's alienated some of his teammates there after his comments this past weekend. Mac Jones, up or down, I think you kind of know what you're going to get with him week in, week out. Davis Mills, clearly not the answer. Trevor Lawrence, if, you know, for all the struggles that he's he's kind of had, he's also been fairly decent this year. What I mean, have you watched some of their games? Um, I have not really watched that much of them, to be honest. Um, I mean, I just kind of watch red zone watch bounce back and forth and they've kind of struggled to score this year so they're not on red zone all that on red zone. i don't know i don't know what that's all about <laughs> i think it's the anti-jaguars agenda yeah big media yeah. just hates the jags yeah um I, I do think trevor lawrence is still my my qb1 in this class as well uh i think just overall prospect he's a great prospect and he's shown enough early on here that i don't think he's going to be a bust I, I also like, I think the Jaguars are a good spot for him. Just, I don't think it's a great spot for him, but there are definitely worse spots out there. Like at least this Jaguars regime shows that they are willing to try to put pieces around him. You know, they brought in a number of wide receivers, this offense, they brought in a number of weapons. They brought in Christian Kirk. They brought in uh, Marvin Jones. They brought in Evan Ingram. Um, you know, they drafted, etn for him was that this regime or was that the previous no it was previous but that was a previous one he's there so he's there he's there um 
you know, and then they just they traded for for Calvin Ridley too. So you know, a, a guy who has at least a proven track record of, um, you know, being a, a solid wide receiver there of, of being you know a, a he was essentially the wide receiver one there when Julio was there. They were kind of splitting duty, but that was at the end of Julio's career. He said duty. <laughs> um, so they're at least trying to put pieces around him. So I, I do like that. Um, and then Fields was my QB two there. I think he's still my QB two. I know a lot of people at the beginning of the year were saying that, uh, you know, he's done, he's cooked. Um, and now that they're actually kind of unleashing him as a runner, uh, he's actually looking pretty good as a fantasy option here. Yeah, I mean, I like him a lot as a fantasy option, and I got the argument that maybe he at times could be a better fantasy guy than Lawrence because he had this athletic ability. Yeah. But I also just he ran like a four four, right? Somewhere in that range, yeah. Um, but I still just think that Trevor is has shown more as a passer through the first couple of years here in the NFL, and I like him long term a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I I will still stand for Justin Fields. I just don't know that we've actually answered that many questions other than finally he's been willing to run, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'm not knocking him. I think I there's I mean there's receipts out there. I can go pull them where I said I liked Trevor Lawrence at one, but Justin Fields would still be the top quarterback in any of the previous four or five classes for me. Like he's just that level of yeah. player. Like I'm not writing him off. I was never really that worried about him last year or, or early this year. Like I still was very much a believer. I just think we still haven't really seen NFL level passing from him consistently. We've seen it mm-hmm. here or there. They don't have great weapons there, but I mean, neither is Trevor Lawrence. So I'm still giving both a little bit of a pass, not, not great situations. And they've both been kind of resilient in the face of that, which I, I like, like, I think, mm-hmm. I think if you would put Zach Wilson or Mac Jones into their situations, they would both look completely broken. I mean, yeah. Wilson already looks broken and he's been in a better situation, at least from, you know, organizationally. So I, I, I mean, I, I think it's still Trevor Lawrence. Number one, if I had to do the, that draft over again, I would still take Trevor Lawrence at one. I don't think I would change that. Yeah, I agree. I uh, said, and, and fields would still be my two. Um, Trey Lance would still be my three. And that's, that's more... the one that I don't know, but I think you just take the the, the shot yeah. on the upside anyway, like at this point, because we know Zach Wilson stinks. And we know we're pretty sure Davis Mills yeah. isn't good. So, yeah. you know, it's either him or Mac Jones. It's like, well, might as well just swing for the fences. Although some will tell you that having a low end quarterback two on your roster is so much. It's just so worth so much. So, yeah, some some people will say that. Um, not bat marooning. Definitely not bat marooning. No, that's all I'm saying. No, never. Um, yeah, I, I would I would take the upside on Trey Lance there as well, especially because I believe Jimmy G's contract is up after this year with the way they restructured it or they can cut him for nothing if they want. I don't know what they'll do with that this offseason, but it, they were ready to give the reins to Trey Lance this year. I have to think the worst case scenario for, for the 49ers is they actually win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. So what do you do then? Um, but short of that, I think it's Trey Lance. So I think we'll get a chance to see him as a starter next year. Whereas we already know, like you said, we know it's not Zach Wilson. We know he's not, he, he's pretty much done. When I said Davis Mills was my QB five in the class. I mean, like that was like, man, I, you know, I saw him being maybe an eventual starter, like a spot starter here and there and kind of stuff. And obviously the Texans imploded. So that happened sooner than expected, but I think he is just a, bridge type quarterback or a, a career long backup kind of a guy. So I don't really think it's for him either. And then Mac Jones is just 
fine. We saw Bailey Zappi be okay in that offense too. Yeah, that was the dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't uh, the take wasn't even the necessarily that he was going to take the job. It was just like, okay, this dude that everyone said probably wasn't a real NFL starter who was taken in the fourth round, who played one year at the F at the FBS level, <laughs> just came in and played just as well as Mac Jones did in this same offense. Like eh, it didn't take a genius to figure out that maybe you're not really doing anything special there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so out of this list, though, um, who do we think can actually be a long-term NFL starter? Law and Fields. I think that's all I would put money on today. Okay. Like we just talked about, you know, Lance is the home run shot after those guys if you really, really want to do something crazy because we kind of know the other guys aren't it. But I don't feel that great about projecting him as a long-term starter based on what little we've seen. The things that I will say that he'll have going for him is that they – you know, say what they want about squandering resources and things like that, but they've 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 done a really good job of bringing guys in there at the skill positions to surround whoever's a quarterback right now. It's Jimmy. They've got a pretty good offensive line. They play pretty good complementary football. The defense is pretty decent. Um, so, like a lot of the things that he would need to succeed are definitely there. I just think the mental hurdle is going to be huge for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of saw it take like even Dak a few weeks where like his leg was probably fine. But he needed to kind of work into it, and he still doesn't really run like he used to. And Trey Lance's entire value right now is basically tied up in his legs. So I think it is concerning. Like I said, if I had to put money on it, I would not do that. I would only put it on Trevor and Justin. But, I mean, for all the reasons we've discussed, I mean, he's got to be your third guy still again. Um, I think actually if I'm taking a bet on who would be a long-term NFL starter and I'm taking fantasy kind of out of this. Okay. Okay. Um, I would put Mac Jones at three. Okay. Cause I think he's just like, he's serviceable. Like he's not going to wow you ever. He's like Derek Carr esque, you know, in terms of a player, like just, he's just going to be fine. You're, you're probably never going to win a Super Bowl with him, but worst quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl. So you might be able to talk yourself into that. Um, and he'll hang around as a starter for a while. I think, I think Zach Wilson, um, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll it, it'll be Baker all over again. Yeah. Like what we'll see out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. So yeah. bad. I don't know what his deal has been, but yeah. Um, uh, so who can be a QB one here for fantasy purposes? You know, now we'll look at the fantasy lens. Here. All right. So I, I see what you're, yeah. So I, I'll go back to my previous answer then. Okay. Um, that that that's who I would bet on. I I don't think there's a shot in hell that Mac Jones ever hits that level. No. Davis Mills is going to be replaced. Zach Wilson is going to be replaced. Um, I, I don't I don't want to say that I don't see Davis Mills ever playing again because once you kind of start a few NFL games, someone will bring you in as a backup and you'll probably get some run at some point in your career. Yeah. But like, he's worse than like Tyrod, right? Like yeah. I'm trying to think of like some of these journeyman guys that continuously get into games like. Is he better than Chase Daniel? Maybe not. Chase Daniel is actually kind of like competent when he's got starts. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. really make big mistakes. Is he better than? I mean, yeah, I'm trying, like Fitzpatrick made the rounds. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think he's worse than Teddy. I think. Is he worse than like Henneke? Yeah, like I think so. I, I I think so too. Um, I can't really think of another guy off the top of my head. Is he worse than Trubisky? Yeah, probably. I don't know if he is, but it's I mean, close. Like, that that's the kind of career that I foresee. Yeah, here. a guy that can bounce around because he's gotten that run. He's kind of earned that 
little bit of credibility or whatever, but uh, I, I don't love it uh, long term. And like, I would certainly never want to see him wearing a Steelers helmet running out there. That would scare <laughs> the crap out of me. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Lawrence Fields can be QB ones for fantasy purposes. I think Fields for fantasy purposes has a better shot at being the QB one just because of his legs. But I think Lawrence can be a Kirk Cousins type of a fantasy option for you where he just kind of hangs I, out. I think he can still be better than that. I want to see okay. him once Ridley's back next year. Like I, I think we could see a Herbert-ish oh, fantasy okay. guy. Okay. Like a guy that doesn't really run but can if he needs to. And then if you just put some weapons around him, I think he can, we can see him hitting you know, 275, 300 every week pretty easily. Okay. All right. And then Trey Lance, I think, can be a QB1, but just given his legs, but that's just an outside shot at this point as well. Sure. Um, head coach for the Jets, Robert Salah, um, not committing to Zach Wilson moving forward. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields was a raging debate over on Debbie Debate for a long time. Is it finally over? Uh, on that show, it will never be over. <laughs> Which is nice because I get a water break and can usually get up and go to the bathroom and grab a beer and uh, <laughs> uh, all sorts of things. But yes, the, the debate itself is actually over. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I never really thought it was much of a debate personally, but here we are. Um, moving on to the running backs here. Jay, J, uh, Jonathan Taylor is the RB1 out of this group. I think that's that's pretty obvious. Um, you know, he was my RB two in that class, but you know, I definitely know a lot of people had him as RB one as well. And I think our, having him RB one was probably the correct take in hindsight. Um, but what future do we see for the rest of these guys? Like DeAndre Swift, kind of in a three headed attack right now. Um, he's been banged up a number of years here. So what what future do we see for him? I've traded him twice this year. It's hurt both times. I think I got decent returns both times. C2C leagues. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I don't know that I trust him to ever stay healthy and get a full workload. Uh, it, it it really bums me out. Um, I still have hope for Dobbins, though. I still have hope for Gibson. I, I have hope for some of these guys. Um, RB two value, low end RB one. I don't know. I mean, I it's a real bummer because if he's healthy, I think he's. I'd rather have him. Like I, he's up there with JT if he's healthy all the time. Yeah, he's yeah, Kamara, I agree. Mm -hmm. But he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So you're you think at this point you would sell? Well, you said you sold him twice. You're you're yeah. so you're advocating selling him at this point, kind of cashing yeah. in what you what yeah. you can with that value. Yeah, so I I, I would sell him at this point. I think that's kind of where I'm at as well. You know, they seem to really like Jamal Williams there too. And Jamal Williams has been solid, you know, especially at the ground, the goal line. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to be Swift's role, but now that we're seeing Jamal Williams do it and do it well, and the, the Lions seem to like that, like, I don't know if he ever gets that part of a role again. So you're really, really relying on the pass catching options, which can definitely lead to some nice fantasy weeks, but the name cachet from Swift I do think out carries the value there. So it definitely I, uh, does. I mean, he could be one of those guys that just ends up being worth more than he should be, like DJ Moore. Like, I actually yeah. packaged those two together in a deal. Man. Uh, I thought it worked <laughs> out well. It's just kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty names on my roster, but uh, not really doing too much. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have both of them in, in one of my leagues too. Maybe I'll uh, I'll start floating some stuff out there. Um, so you said you did have you do still have some hope for Dobbins. Uh, this is the second time he's been on IR in as many years. Now this is a short term stint on IR, I believe. I, I I'm ex- thinking he's going to be back this year. Here, that is a good situation. So you think Dobbins can kind of regain that form? I do. I still have a lot of faith in him. Um, we'll see if he can get healthy. But even if it's not with Baltimore, even if they let him walk after, you know, next year, whatever it is, I uh, I still like him long term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I-, I liked him coming out as well. He's my RB3 in the class. And I think Baltimore is a really good landing spot for him, too. I think if they can if they can get their running backs healthy, whoever that lead running back is, is going to be pretty valuable for fantasy. Uh, but even if he does end up going somewhere else, I think he's the type of guy who's very scheme versatile. And he brings a lot in a lot of different ways. He can catch the ball well. He's big enough to so can run around the goal line. Um, so yeah, I still have some faith for Dobbins too. I think he's he's kind of a guy that I would be looking to buy low on at this point. To be honest with you, because yeah, you might have yeah. somebody who's frustrated. Yeah, get him as a throwing. Yeah, kind of an expensive for throwing, but it's like one of those guys that people probably be willing to toss in a deal. Yeah. And you said you also had some hope for Antonio Gibson. Now, is that hope for Antonio Gibson in Washington? Or is that hope that he moves on somewhere else? Anywhere. I mean, Robinson hasn't even been good this year. Like, he is the most jaggiest of all jag running backs in the NFL right now. He just is so uninspiring. It's lame. It's embarrassing that a team runs him out there as a starting quarterback or running back. I don't believe that he blocks that much better than Gibson. And Gibson's just so much better than he is. It's Ron Rivera is like he was Riverboat Ron for one year and then just like totally reverted back to just this boomer coach that he is. Yeah. Yeah. The Riverboat Ron thing is almost tongue in cheek at this point because he's the the most conservative coach out there. Like give Gibson some run, give Sam Howell a start. But I mean, they're obviously they're in playoff contention right now. They're they're in a playoff spot right now. So, you know, who can say Um, two other guys in this class, three other guys in this class, though, that, you know, I'm interested to see your thoughts on. And, you know, we talked about acres already a little bit here. So you're you're pretty much out on acres. You're advocating selling him. You don't think he can ever get back to what we hoped he could be. Um, Yeah. I lean that way. I kind of go back and forth at times, but that's where I'm at right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that as well. If, if you can sell him now, what are you think, getting for him though? That's yeah, that, I mean that's question. the thing. Like, I'll probably take a second, an early second, if I could get one. I don't even. I don't class. think you're getting that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know if you're getting that, but we'll float some offers out there. We'll see. Um, at Ceh, Clyde edwards Alaire. Um, Started out the year hot and next just <laughs> falling off the face of the earth here. So you're you, no future for him either. No next AJ Dillon, uh, another guy who had some flashes and really has disappointed here this year, Oh man. So this is where I think I nailed my AJ Dillon analysis. Like he's just not an RB one. I think he needs another back with him. He's blown a lot of touchdown parlays for me this year. Um, <laughs> Like, he hasn't even been effective on the goal line. His whole thing is he's a runway running back. Like, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't have a runway, he's a bum. He looks terrible. So, uh, 
I think he can be a nice complimentary back, but I don't think he's ever going to own a backfield like some people thought he could coming out. I just don't think that's in his range of outcomes at this point. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree with that as well. I mean, everybody kind of saw the size, the speed, and everything like that. They wanted him to be Derrick Henry. I just don't think that's him either. I, mean, I don't even really think he's James Conner. You know? No, uh, no. He wasn't as good as James Conner in college. That's not that surprising. Like, not to hype up the guy that went to Pitt, but I, <laughs> James Conner was pretty dang good in college, especially before his cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, so I, I think he... A.J. Dillon... The only place that I think he could be a fantasy like RB1 would or like fantasy, even really even fantasy RB2 would be Seattle. I think he would fit in and do well there, but they just took Kenneth Walker. I don't think they would pick up AJ Dillon whenever his rookie contract is over. But that's about the only spot that I would have hope for him still. Really? I don't think I don't know that that's a real landing spot for him. Like, I don't know that he would succeed there any more than he would in Green Bay. I mean, I mean, they've had everybody really good line play. So in Seattle, in that running game, I, uh, I, I don't. That, that was a, that's a weird one to pull out. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, so is this class a disappointment? Then I mean, we had a lot of hope for a lot of these guys. Yeah, that's a good question. I want to say no. So JT is still hit RB one. Swift and he's been healthy. He's been up there with him. He's been very very good. I mean, I, I think I think mostly foolish people had CEA or yeah, <laughs> ranked highly. I mean, he just wasn't that good of a player. Like landing spot was the only thing we liked about him. Really the only guy that I think is disappointed in this class is Akers mm-hmm. from like a talent perspective. And I get that he had the Achilles injury. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I I guess in a sense they they probably haven't all hit RB one seasons like maybe we thought they would yet. But I think contextually, I think it's been about what you could expect based on some of the mishaps over the years. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, this was kind of the class that I saw being like a changing of the guard at the running back position. There were some older players that were kind of on their way out. Guys like Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson at that point, like Lashawn McCoy. Like those guys were like on their way out. These guys were coming in. I thought these guys were going to step in, fill that those RB one slots, and it hasn't happened really like outside of JT and DeAndre Swift sprinkled in there a little bit. Um, so I do think this is kind of a disappointing class. I mean, we we really hyped these guys up. Um, we we thought that, like I said, I thought that this could be a changing of the guard class, and it has not been. It's been if without the expectations that we had coming in if you're just looking at this class compared to other classes i don't think it's a disappointment but i think the expectations we had make this a disappointment yeah fair enough i mean how many 2017 is the only class that's clearly been better over the past few years right yeah so i don't know i mean we'll see yeah um moving into the wide receivers here and obviously justin jefferson wide receiver one you know slam dunk not even a question uh, CD Lamb, also very good, very good wide receiver two in a class. Um, you know, if, if he's your, if he's the class's wide receiver two, that's a, that's a good class here. Um, he was, those were my wide receivers two and three in the class. My wide receiver one, Jerry Judy, uh, he has been a disappointment. Will Jerry Judy ever put it together? Will he ever stay healthy? Uh, maybe. 
I have hopes. He's, I think he's been the better receiver between him and Sutton this year. I would agree. With I, that. I don't know what's holding Russ back. If it is true that he has that that pec injury or lat injury or whatever it is, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, I still have hope. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do too, but I think it's pretty clear that he falls into this next group of guys that we're going to talk about here in a second. Whereas sure. I, originally I thought he was going to be Justin Jefferson, CD lamb. Uh, I think that ship has sailed, but I could see him falling right into this next group here. And the next group, um, T Higgins, Brandon, Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Jr. All very solid options here. Um, I think it's probably Higgins break. The other guys just throwing that out there. Okay. Okay, so you think Higgins pretty clearly yep. the best out of that group? Is that even if you put Judy in that? Yeah, I would still take. I, I, I there's a distinct break there. I think. Yep. Okay. Is that just more because he's tied to the better quarterback out of the group and the better? Nah, he's just been a better player. Yeah, just, okay. I mean, I guess the quarterback factors in too. But I mean, he was really he was he killed the Steelers this week. He was like the only real receiving option, and he was very very good. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is too. Uh, I mean, obviously Jamar chase, you know, still out. So I think that's contributing a little bit to it, but out of that group. Yeah. I would probably pick Higgins. I'd probably go Higgins, Judy, Pittman, Ayuk. Although I think Ayuk has a higher ceiling than Pittman. Uh, I would, I, I would way rather have Ayuk than Pittman. We had this whole discussion last week. I'm not talking Ayuk anymore. You can't trick me into an hour and a half show. But uh, I, for all the reasons I talked about last week, go listen to it. I would take a. I don't. I think Pittman's a very average NFL wide receiver. The fact that he was valued as like wide receiver eight or something this offseason was a joke. Um. So, yeah, Ayuk all day over him. Okay. Uh, any hope for anybody else in this class? There's a couple. Interesting guys here, Donovan Peoples-Jones, your favorite, Chase Claypool. Devin DuVernay has had some flashes here in Baltimore. LaVisca Chenault, LOL. Uh, Any any of these guys or anybody else in this class, uh, the wide receiver position that you still have hope for? Henry Ruggs? Um, No. Uh, (laughs) DPJ is the only one. I want to see what he looks like with Watson back. I don't ever think he'll be like a consistent wide receiver one or wide receiver two. But I think he could be a flex guy. Uh, I think the other guys all have too many question marks around them. Like whatever we think of Devin DuVernay, he's never going to be a viable fantasy option week in, week out, getting passes from Lamar Jackson. He's just not. And yeah, that's not really a shot of Lamar Jackson. Like the, the volume isn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's just. So, uh, no, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones is the only one of that group that I'm buying out of, out of any of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Devin DuVernay is an interesting best ball wide receiver, and that's about it. Because mm-hmm. I think he could have some big weeks, just given his speed, break off some big plays here. Um, so overall, the the 2020 class was, I, I think, mostly as advertised. Um, you know, we can disagree on the on the running backs whether that was a disappointment or not. Um, but the wide receivers, just as good as advertised, or better. Quarterbacks, I think, as advertised. Um, but is there anything about this class that like kind of made you change your process or tweak your process at all? Probably not. It's too early to say. I actually think this class would have reinforced a lot of good process. You know, don't don't adjust based on landing spot. Um, I think for the most part, we as a group nailed the wide receivers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Judy a little too high, but other than that, I mean, we were we were higher on Jefferson. The consensus, I think, we were um, higher on Higgins. I think higher on Higgins. We liked Pittman. Um, I don't remember where we had Ayuk. And I remember I had to go in and manually adjust AUK because I <laughs> I put like 15% like just like quick like analytic check boxes on his and they just like destroyed him. I was like, no, I think we need to adjust this. I definitely didn't have him as high as he should have been, but um I I can remember doing that. Um I so no, I actually think this class was a good uh reinforcement of a lot of the things that we believe. You know, quarterbacks with some rushing upside. One, one, two, three, and they've been, you know, the three. They're the three that are holding the most value. If you drafted running back based on, you know, talent and not landing spot, you you walked out of this okay. Um, and I think most of the wide receivers in this class, you know, nothing, nothing really weird or wonky about any of them. So I think this was actually a a very like clinical class from an evaluation standpoint, really. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And just you know, Lavisca Chenault was a guy that we were lower on. Think consensus. Chanel well. was a guy that I just went back and forth on because there were some plays that he won downfield real easily. And I was like, those flashes are there, man. I still think he can be, you know, a, a pretty good player in the NFL. I'm just not necessarily buying him because I think a situation's gonna matter a lot for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could be a post type guy that, you know, lands on a right roster and has a couple fantasy relevant weeks, but that's about it. Um, I, I do think one thing with this process and and like you said it just it kind of reinforced some things but it also reinforced patience especially at the quarterback position because i think people coming into this year overreact were overreacting to fields and they were over like and his poor performance last year and then even at the beginning of this year um i think people were i saw some people advocating to sell Trevor Lawrence that the, you know he wasn't going to be the guy that we thought he was going to be and I still think, you know, he hasn't hit the ceiling that we've hoped for, but I think he's well on his way there. Um, people were were hyping up Mac Jones after one year and look where he's at now. You know, so I, I think it just reinforced patience, especially at the quarterback position. But all right, that is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, if you are listening to this, it is Friday, uh, Black Friday. Don't forget that sale that we were talking about here. Check the inbox if you're a current member. Head over to the website if you're listening and you're not a member. You get 25% off of a yearly walk-on or yearly scholarship membership. But happy Thanksgiving. Belated to you guys. Enjoy your Black Friday shopping. Enjoy a great week of college football rivalries this week. Uh, tune into the tailgate. We are going to have the tailgate on Saturday morning. So tune into that one. Uh, But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.